everyone, and welcome to We Blame Harry Styles, a podcast dedicated to the work of musician, model, actor, and icon Harry Styles, as well as his numerous talented collaborators. This week in episode 12, we're going to take a deep dive into Harry's Lights Up music video. Finally. Finally. All right, my name is Key. And I'm Gray. What do we blame Harry for this week? Okay, so as an extension of my tale last week of appreciating Harry's banana necklace, because I want to be exactly like him, but in my own special way, I decided that I wanted my own banana necklace. Um, so, you know, obviously I didn't buy the, the Gucci one, which had sold out immediately, <laughs> and I wouldn't spend that much on a dick necklace anyway. Um, but I went to Etsy, and I was looking around, and I searched for banana necklace, and there was this artist that's like petite treats by Sierra. Uh, I like her stuff so much that it'll be in the link of the podcast. I'm shilling for her. And I bought this wonderful thing. So she had bananas, but she also had a necklace that was a piece of toast that has peanut butter and banana slices on it. Look at that. I'm making Key look at it again. This is the second time that he's seen it. It's very cute. But I'm, I'm just, I'm just so enthralled by it. And I don't know where I'm going to wear it because I don't really usually wear necklaces around my home. But it's just like a little piece of Harry with me, just some <laughs> cut up bananas. I was very, very excited. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. He, what do you blame Harry for this week? So I have a two-pronged answer for you. So my first is not related to the topic of the episode, and my second is related to the topic of the episode. So first of all, we've kind of hinted in our episodes previous that, uh, let us just say, certain people have been getting into a certain little thing called the Marvel Cinematic Universe again. <laughs> um, now... When I the reason I say certain people is you'd think it's because I mean me, but I don't just mean me. I mean everybody. Everyone. I mean like on my social media timeline, I'm seeing like many many people be like, I'm on YouTube again watching edits of my favorite character. Oh God, somehow I've ended up watching all three of the Captain America movies in the last three days. People like I've been seeing this. Expect too, like yeah, like it's all the Harrys on my timeline. Everybody's like hanging my head and trudging back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Got yeah, it. So, so I blame Harry for this because Harry has not been up to much. And so I think it's his fault that we're all digging deep back into the hole that is the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe. Um, and so I blame him for that. And secondly, I blame Harry for my desire for chest tattoos. So... Oh. This was... And, and we'll get into, because we're talking about the Lights Up music video this episode and uh, we'll get into our thoughts and reactions and everything as the episode goes on. But but one of my big takeaways when I first saw the Lights Up music video was, God damn it, like his chest tattoos look so good in this video. And mm -hmm. I just wanted them so bad. And I, I have tattoos myself. I have several tattoos. And I... Tattoos are painful, you guys. I know you know this. <laughs> so this is not like new information that I'm sh sharing with you. But, you know, my tattoos are on my arms and... They were painful, and you know I consider myself to have a pretty high pain tolerance. But when I got my tattoos in my arms, I was like, I'm not going to get them on my chest because if they're painful on my arms, like I can't imagine how much more painful a not tiny tattoo on your chest is. And then I watch this music video, and I'm like, God damn it! Like they just look so good, and like he just looks so good with them, and it just makes me want them. And so that was a is a point of frustration for me, and I blame Harry for 
breaking down my resistance to getting tattoos in that area of my body, which I'm sure would be a very painful experience for me. I support you on your tattoo journey, Key. You should get chest tattoos. <sighs> well, if I do, I'm sure that I can blame Harry Styles for that. Good. Okay, so there hasn't really been any news. <laughs> so we are going to move right into our main segment, which is our Lights Up music video retrospective. Again, we're so excited. Key, do you want to kick off uh, why we're recording this episode? Yeah, so, you know, listeners might wonder, like, Lights Up came out in October, like, a long time ago. Um, this isn't the anniversary of it. This isn't, you know... Um, why are we talking about this now? And basically, this is an episode we've been wanting to do since we started this podcast. And it's something that I've always really wanted to discuss because Lights Up, I think, the song and particularly the music video, I think is like my favorite thing that Harry's like ever done. <laughs> and it was the the thing that he did that kind of kickstarted me being a fan of him in the first place. So this was really like the singular event that turned me into a Harry Styles fan. Uh, was seeing the music video and hearing this song and yeah so I think I just am was kind of dying to dissect it and get into uh, the video and my feelings on it and why that was and um, and yeah to talk about it with you in that way yeah yeah definitely and I mean I love this music video too it's it's just so exciting to finally be talking about it because yeah like like you said it's something that I've wanted to do from the beginning as well yeah, so before we get into the meat of things, we're going to talk through the timeline. I'm going to sort of guide along, but for some background info, I actually was not around for Lights Up release. Like, I was alive. I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> um, but he was around for at least some of it, yes? Yeah, t tangentially. So, you know, I, at the time... It, this was one of the things where this like really broke through. There's some there's some things that Harry does that like break through the barrier into the general public, and there's some things that don't. And this is definitely something that did. So I was like on social media at the time, you know, not really being a Harry Styles fan. I like was I had like vaguely positive feelings towards him, but I wasn't like a fan, you know. And a, a ton of people that I've followed on social media, you know, this is not like Harry Styles fans, this is like the general public, just people that I know, like a ton of people were tweeting about this in the lead up to it before it even came out. So when, it, and we'll get into, you'll get into very soon, like um, the different lead up things that occurred that, that kind of hyped people up in preparation for this release of the song and music video. But I just witnessed it, you know, on my social media timeline, just a bunch of people that, that were talking about it and discussing it. So it was definitely one of those things that kind of broke through into the general public. Except for me. I unfortunately <laughs> missed this and I am so sad about it. Okay, so the timeline. So on October 5th, 2019, Harry gets his phone out and he types in two letters. Do. <laughs> and uh, so then, of course, uh, do what trends and breaks the internet. Amazing. Uh, Iconic. 
Teen Vogue reported it delightfully. They did a, they did a bunch of reporting on this early campaign, and it may, it makes me laugh so much that it definitely will be in the links. But they they said without any other context, it's obviously pretty confusing to fans. Did he press send too soon? Did he fall asleep while tweeting? Was he hacked? Is he teasing new music? What's going on? So it turns out multiple of those end up being true. <laughs> yes, multiple of them are true. I'm not entirely sure of the exact timeline of this next one that I'm saying, but I know that some Harry's, I learned this recently, that some Harry's had seen on Spotify that there was like a new new music coming from this artist song. Yeah, and he was and the cover of the new music like playlist. Then there started being billboards that were painted, do you know who you are? And uh, his record label with TPWK for, you know, treat people with kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people started noticing that. I think that was in Australia, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe those that, that was the first sighting of it, yeah. Yeah, and then the Do You Know Who You Are website went up. And I have to read off this description because it's it's just so stinky cute. Teen Vogue reported, if you've long dreamed of a personal compliment from Harry, today is your day. Fans have pointed out that a website titled DYKWA, Do You Know Who You Are, is now live. And if you put in your name, a personal message from the singer will appear. Like the recently spotted billboards, the website includes the same possible hints at an upcoming new album, including Harry's signature phrase, TPWK, and the Love H, presumably meaning Love Harry, at the bottom. The singer also has a history of using websites to drop hints and made a similar move back in 2017. Ooh. Cryptic. Cryptic. Yeah, so all these are kind of part and parcel, right? So I I think the obvious point of speculation is that, because he said later in an interview, right, that he like woke up in the middle of the night and just decided, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to do something for promo and like tweeted Mm -hmm. the word do. And then Jeff Azov's manager like texted him and was like, what are you doing? Like, what is this? And so the obvious point of speculation is that he was going to tweet, do you know who you are or something? Or yeah, or he was going to tweet like the first word and then, yeah, something like that. And so I find this an interesting choice to choose a phrase like this that's in the lyrics of the song that isn't the title of the song. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I really like it. I think it was a very cool, very effective hype building strategy at this point in time. I I agree. And do what is so iconic like it's so funny it's just so funny so on october 10th at 11 p.m harry posts a photo of himself looking sweaty and radiant he's in his suspenders with the titties out and (laughs) (laughs) cross necklace beautiful key you were around for this Yes, I was. Yes, so this, so all of this stuff by this point, so I'd noticed the do thing and I thought it was really funny. And I kind of heard, you know, the stuff about the billboards because like people were hyped about it. People were talking about it. Everybody was like new Harry Styles music, like people were excited about it. Um, And then this picture kind of was like the confirmation, right? Straight from his mouth that it was Mm -hmm. real and that it was imminent, that it was going to happen really soon. So it's just really exciting. Um, And it's also just a good photo of him and he looks good. good. He looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Effective hype train. Mm -hmm. And then at 1130, Harry posts a square and it's him also titties out. And it says lights up on it. Yeah. So this is the single cover. Mm -hmm. So I love this single cover. It's so good. It's just so pretty. And it's so like 
the the interesting part of like him being in the dark and you can't really see his face with the the name of the song being like lights up so it's like kind of mysterious and it like it's a, yeah it's a very effective single cover also i love this font yeah it's great and then at 1201 on october 11th harry posts a photograph of him diving into the water in the pink water <laughs> And he says, lights up, out now, which is, I am actually just realizing right now, it's an extremely evocative image to be pairing with that. That's a real, because it looks like he's jumping. That's a real, like, here goes jump into the water. It's kind of like, mm. ooh, you get chills a little bit. Yeah. I love that. And we'll talk more throughout because these are, so these are all images from the music video or images mm-hmm. at least from the locations that are in the music video so as as the episode continues on we'll kind of get deeper into what some of these locations and outfits and images kind of signify or what we think about them but um but yeah just to bring them up early on in the podcast i think yeah i think the the lights up music video just has such a clear aesthetic and so uh these images from it are just really beautiful and were enjoyable to see because i don't think like not for any of the other music videos in this era has he kind of rolled it out in mm-hmm. this in this way. So it was like a very clear, like, this is the beginning of it all kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that makes it fun and cool. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so now we're going to attempt to recap what happens in this nonlinear music video. <laughs> um, we definitely put a lot of thought into how we were going to cover this. So first we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how it was covered by other publications and then we're going to sort of talk about the aesthetics that we pulled ourselves from it. Mm -hmm. So the two main publications that I thought described best what happened were uh, E! Online and Paper Magazine, their coverage of this music video. So uh, Paper Mag said, uh, the lights up video shot with the cinematography of a movie drug scene sees a sweat-slick shirtless Harry being caressed by a crowd of all genders. Both men and women grab at him, grind on him, and kiss his neck. It looks like a modern update to an orgy scene in the hair. As we know, Harry is addicted to the 70s. Okay, is it <laughs> in the hair? So is that what how the article put it that, or is that a typo? I mean, I copy-pasted it in. So Paper Magazine, okay. we caught you. <laughs> so it means hair like it's hair, it, 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 listeners it is hair in italics in the document yeah. um, so later in the artful video he wades into a lake in a sparkly jumpsuit rides on the back of a mysterious companion's motorcycle and hangs upside down staring at his reflection and then e online tax on uh throughout the three minute clip which was filmed in mexico styles can be seen brooding and having an emotional struggle in a room alone Elsewhere, he's standing in a body of water, floating midair, and riding on the back of a motorcycle. As he sings, I'm never coming back down. Now, I feel like this is a very, very good, extremely general summation of what occurs in the music video. That is indeed what happened. But now, we're going to get into a really fun segment I like to call a brief list of descriptions of what exactly Harry is doing with the crowd of sexy people in the Lights Up music video. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take some names and write them down because uh, I have all these descriptions and the publications right next to them. So we're coming for you, Refinery Twenty Nine, Paper Magazine, Cosmopolitan. We're here. <laughs> okay, so 
Refinery29 said he was dancing and cuddling with all genders. <laughs> cuddling? <laughs> cuddling. Uh, I really don't, yeah, I don't know about that one. Caressed by a crowd of all genders, that was Paper Magazine. That's uh, accurate. Yep. A sweaty, slicked up style, standing shirtless in the middle of a pulsing throng of semi-nude men, and, this is all, all caps, the and is all caps, women, the crimson, in the sensuous clutches of a crowd <laughs> of dancers, said Vogue. So evocative. Uh-huh. And almost naked hair, hairy, frolicking... <laughs> Frolicking with a group of very sweaty men and women, as Cosmopolitan, uh, nice. shirtless, living out an orgy-like haze dream, Teen Vogue. I like that one a lot. So Teen Vogue got more detailed than Vogue itself. Orgy-like haze dream. I like Teen Vogue's better. Yeah, me too. Uh, a steamy music video, which finds him in a sea of sensual dancing people who just can't, can't take their hands off each other. That one's E online. Uh, he is entangled within a throng of sensu admir- sensuous admirers of all genders. That one's Michigan Daily. And finally, rounding off with Nylon Magazine, people of all genders dance and grind on the singer who appears to be woozy yet happy in his place at the center of the celebration. So, wow. uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I just had to make this list because I read so many articles <laughs> for this and... <laughs> Each one, chef's kiss. Yeah, it's so interesting to see how the media chooses to cover things like this. Yeah, Yeah. very amusing to to look at how they described it. Very amusing. Okay, so Key, do you want to start talking about like color and theme and aesthetics and um, sort of how that fits into how you would personally recap the video? Yeah, so I kind of went when when seeking to recap this video for you guys, I kind of. It's hard, right? Because when we did this, we had a very similar structure for our Cheap People with Kindness music video episode. um, And I think that seemed to work well. But that was a really easy video to recap because that video has a plot. (laughs) Things take place in a sequence of events in that video. So you can kind of take people through the video in that context. And with Lights Up, you really can't. And we're going to talk a little bit more later about like what that might signify and and what we think kind of the tone of this video is and, and what it's trying to get across with that. But it does make it kind of difficult to recap. So I have here kind of a combination of recap based on location and also um, chronology. So I kind of went in chronological order of like when these locations appear in the video and then went kind of location by location because, you know, that that's something that emerged for me as a way to kind of sum up what happens in the video. Because a lot of a lot of things in this video, like, you know, if we wanted to have a podcast where all we did was break down the video shot by shot, like we could do that and it would take a long time and it might be interesting, but that's, you know, not so much what we're going for here. So that was kind of like what my thought process was for why I'm going to break it down like this. So yeah, so the video starts out with just Harry shirtless, uh, and I've called this the green lighting orgy scene. Um, now we've said, you know, Gray and I, before we started talking about this episode, really, is it an orgy? <laughs> but that's what the media sphere has, has deemed it. So that's kind of what we're going to use for this location. So it, the video kind of rapidly cuts through some of the other scenes that will come later. And I, I noted here that he looks up. So Harry looks up almost like he's preparing for something was something that I found interesting at the beginning of this video. So this takes place all within the intro of the song before the beat kicks in. So, and almost the whole intro of the song is in this particular setting in this location. 
Um, so there's a progression to this intro, right? He starts off the video mostly alone, and then he gets farther and farther into the group of people as the song, as the intro kind of kicks in. And then um, they touch him right before the beat kicks in. Mm -hmm. So this is the scene also where throughout the video, he breaks for the camera, looking at it directly, smiling at the camera. So this doesn't really happen in the other scenes in the video. So I just wanted to note that, you know, as we continue on, that this is kind of where he breaks for the camera. I noted here that he's tan. He has a sunburned nose and then he's basking in the light. Radiance. So yeah, so the beat kicks in and it changes to what looks like kind of like a beachy background. One of the articles before said it was a lake, but to me, you know, from some of the image that we got, it's like kind of a beachy scene um, with that dark blue sky behind him. Um, he's in this stark red light. So there's like a really, really stark red light on him in this location. And he's wearing that kind of sequin, looks like a dark blue jumpsuit. Uh, the color palette in this location is that blue, purple, and red. This this scene, in contrast to the previous, is alone. So he's singing alone here. He's kind of looking around, almost as if lost. Is kind of like what this what the, what happens in this setting. Um, and so something that follows that is the motorcycle setting. So there's again a stark red light on this scene with kind of the same color palettes, that blues and purples, uh, with that light purple in his outfit. And it kicks in in actuality for the first time on the line never coming back down, I noted, which I thought was interesting and maybe is something that will come up later in the podcast. Um, so, And then this setting kind of progresses to the end of the video as the motorcycle passes by the police. So you get that kind of red and blue of the lights of the police car that kind of work with the red and blue of the general aesthetic of this setting. Oh, I didn't point out also at the beach... My limited understanding of film theory understands that some of the stuff at the beach is filmed at a Dutch angle, so which represents <laughs> uncertainty for the audience. <laughs> wow, film theory one-on-one on this podcast. Who is paying us for this coverage? Um, yeah, no, thank you for saying that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then after, you know, we progress into the green room setting. So I call it this because it, that's just like what it looks like to me. I think it, what it is meant to evoke. It's like the, the waiting area that performers wait in before or after they, they perform. Um, so it starts off kind of in little flashes. He's in this light blue outfit that would be the precursor to opening performances of this song. So this outfit that he wears in the green room setting, right, which is that light blue outfit with the sparkly shirt and suspenders. He, much of his outfits that he would kind of introduce the era with, like what he wore on Jules Holland, etc., are echoes of that outfit. So they're not the exact same outfit, but they're the same in different colors, right? So I thought that was interesting as well. And again, maybe something we can mention later. Um, and he looks very distressed in this location. So I noted that I, I paused it at, at one minute and 57 seconds in the video. And it was, it kind of crushed me to like look at his face. Mm -hmm. Like it very, yeah, this, this location is a location of distress, definitely, especially in contrast to some of the other settings in the video. And yeah, and then so we have the pink water setting. So that first comes in truly on the Do You Know Who You Are lyric. It looks like kind of the same outfit from the green room. It has this really strong light behind him in this scene um, in pink water, which, you know, of course, I'm sure for many people is reminiscent of his album cover for his first album, which again, mm -hmm. might be something that we mention again. So and then something really interesting happens here where, you know, we're kind of progressing through these settings. The next setting that occurs is kind of right before the chorus, a bunch of different locations are very quickly intercut. And so on that shine, right before the first chorus, 
Um, and he kind of makes a similar motion in multiple of these settings. So you have like a, almost a falling down or pulling back motion uh, that he's doing with his body, particularly in this new scene that hasn't come in really yet, which is him in the woods with this strong, strong spotlight on him in that Harris Reed light blue mm -hmm. outfit. And yeah, so all of this kind of happens on the scream and the shine that follows it. So this is the location we see the least of is him in the woods with that stark spotlight. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting as well. And then we progress into him kind of on wires. So we see this twice. So it looks like kind of like the beach red, blue, and purple scene with, with that water and that kind of, it's mimicking that similar look. He's wearing the same outfit, that dark blue sparkly jumpsuit. Um, so the first time we see it, he's on wires. He's like looking down at something. It was unclear to me what he was looking down at. Maybe it looked like a bag or a purse of some kind. It was kind of what it looked like to me, but it's a little unclear. Um, and then in a bit later in the music video, we return to the same setting and he's elevated above another version of himself. Um, this time you can't see the wires. So it just, he, you just see him elevated and the wires are not visible to the eye. And, you know, it looks like maybe the version of himself that he's elevated above is the boxer, like, because he's wearing the shorts with no shirt mm. um, from the Lights Up Director's Cut image. And we will talk about that as the podcast progresses as well but i just noted that as, as an idea for what that could be um and yeah so basically that's all of the locations in the video the i just kind of wanted to end with the final shot of the video which is a return to the quote-unquote orgy scene setting uh which is just him making a funny face which to me it was kind of like this like oh i just did that like face <laughs> like about the video so yeah so that kind of i just wanted to you know take us all through um, and remind everyone of kind of the aesthetics of the video and kind of give you a little bit of an idea of where we might be going throughout the episode to kind of talk through these aesthetics and the relationships that the different settings in the video have with each other, how they connect, how, they, how they're kind of differentiated. Um, and so yeah, we'll come back and reference these images and these settings as we talk through the aesthetics and themes of the video. Um, but yeah, that just kind of gives you a little introduction. So having done that, uh, Gray, do you want to kind of talk us through your first watch experience of this video and kind of like your first reaction to it? Yeah, so I found this because I saw Harry on Saturday Night Live. Um, I think I found it either the day of or the day after, and it was alongside that big Rolling Stone profile that mm. uh, best buddy Rob Sheffield made. Um, bestie. Bestie. bestie <laughs> hey, bestie. <laughs> so I loved it. I thought it was very gay, which was awesome because I love gay things. And I thought the music was great. I, I, I was pretty, uh, for quite some time, I was pretty no thoughts, head empty about it. Um, mm. I thought good for him is awesome. <laughs> um, he's very beautiful. And... Yeah, that was it. How about you, Key? What a contrast this will be <laughs> with what you just said and what I'm going to say. <laughs> so I, like I said, had kind of seen the social media build up to this and I was like, I'll check it out. Why not? I think Harry Styles is cool. I'm not like a fan of his. I hadn't listened to his first album, but I had like generic positive feelings towards him. And I watched this video. I did catch it as it premiered. So I got to see that that wonderful YouTube countdown, which I, I really do genuinely enjoy and look forward to whenever something new that I'm excited for happens. I love that YouTube countdown. And I watched the video like 40 times. Like, 
40 times is an exaggeration, but not as much of an exaggeration as I would wish. Um, <laughs> like, I was just completely, like, struck by it. Doesn't even truly articulate the way that I felt about it. Like, I, I watched this video, and I watched it many, many times. Like, too many times. I ran over to my roommate, and I was like, you need to watch this video right now. <laughs> and so I sat him down, and we watched the video. <laughs> And I was like, okay, good. And I came back to my room and I watched it again by myself. Um, and I was just blown away by it, completely blown away by it. There's just something that I couldn't articulate at the time that I'm going to try to articulate uh, mm -hmm. as we discuss the video throughout this episode. Um, and, and, I, and I'll attempt to kind of unpack why it struck me the way that it, that it did and, and why I was so affected by it on first watch. But I was just like, I, 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 I watched it like... I had, I started out, I had my fingers over my eyes and I just like watched it through my own hands because it just like, you know, some things, it just like feels too close and you just have to like put up some barrier between yourself and what you're watching, right? It was how it kind of started out. And then I watched it. Yeah, I watched it so many times and I just felt so many things and I, I did cry a little bit at the time and I, and it, yeah, I, again, throughout this episode, all the time to unpack why that is and everything. But, th but that was like my first experience with it was I was just really blown away by it, really affected by it, really impacted by it. Um, and that feeling that I felt at the time was so strong to me that I kept trying to get it back for a while after the video dropped and, and I succeeded, right? So even now, when I watch the video or when I listen to the song even, it directly takes me back to that night and to the following week after that night where I just, I listened to that song so many times. Like I, I've listened to Lights Up like that week of time after the song dropped. I must have listened to it like 200 times. I listened to it every day, <laughs> multiple times a day. I was like, I was afraid I was going to make myself sick of it. And so for a while after the album came out, I listened to it less because I was like, I need to not get sick of the song. But I listened to it so much. I kept trying. I was like, I watched people's reaction videos to it. Mm -hmm. I I listened to the song a bunch. We watched the video a ton of times that week. I just, yeah, I my my experience definitely at the beginning also was one of repetition. Yeah, it, it's so funny, our contrasting experiences, because mm -hmm. for this episode, I did a lot of the like research for the links and stuff and compiled mm -hmm. things not 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 that you know obviously key contributes to the outline and stuff too but so, you know I, I i dug up a lot of stuff for this episode some of which is not yeah. even gonna get used and um <laughs> i ended up watching a lot of lights up music video reaction videos and i was like key i this person had a good take have you seen it and he was like i've seen all of them i've seen everything <laughs> <laughs> i watched because i was like <laughs> Part of the reason why I did that, right, is because at the time I had no friends that like cared. Mm -hmm. Like I, and part of that is also on me. Where like I said, I got my my roommate to watch it, and he was like, "Okay, yeah, it's a good music video. It's cool." And I was like, "Okay, but you know, like you're not experiencing what I'm experiencing <laughs> right now, you know." Uh -huh. And I and I got like I got my mom to watch it. I was like, I was trying, but I didn't have any friends that were like mm -hmm. hardcore into Harry Styles at the time, and so I. Because, as I said, like, this video got me into him, right? So, like, in the weeks after this, I was, like, did a deep dive, listened to all his music, watched his music videos, read the different profiles of, of him that existed, whatever. And it was kind of, like, my intro to the fandom at that time. I, I was just desperately looking for other people's perspectives and opinions and to see if other people had felt the same thing that I felt. Mm -hmm. And I got that in reaction videos, mostly from, I think, people who were Harry Styles fans who 
like I am so jealous and I think in a way this was the perfect introduction to him for me um, and I think I needed this like mm-hmm. I needed this experience to make me a fan of his in the way that I'm a fan of his now and so I it couldn't have really happened any other way but in a way I'm still jealous of the people who experience this as fans because I cannot fucking imagine I can't imagine oh feeling. my god I like can't. after months of him kind of being off the face, dropped off the face of the earth, you know, as as he's wont to do. As we're experiencing um, right now. <laughs> yeah, and and for him to come back with this, like, oh god, he's sick for this. I just I can't imagine what that would be like. Like having now being emotionally invested in him, right? And, and some version of this might happen again, right? With, oh, it with his next era will. album or whatever. But with this particular experience, with this rollout, with this music video, which I think is so special and is so mm-hmm. well done, I cannot imagine being emotionally invested in him and his art as a fan and having months of nothing and then this happening. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it must have broke people's brains. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, like it must have been insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I watched a lot of people's reactions because. I saw that on their faces, right? Like, like it's you can see. I love so much when people watch this video, and there's different things that happen in the video where each reaction video mm-hmm. people have the same reaction. And yeah, there's so many good ones out there where you just have people like gasping super loud and like covering their eyes and like all these things that the, the high drama of it all. I very much enjoyed. So yeah, when people a lot of those when when the dudes touch Harry and people clap and go go Harry, that, that's me <laughs> very much. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, Keith, do you want to segue into a conversation about general aesthetics? I This is a general section of artistry. Um, I will put a disclaimer on this section by saying there is not enough information out there about this music video. I searched yeah. through hell and high water to try and figure out, like, who a lot of the creative hands were behind this video and, like, their other work that they've done and it was not made easy (laughs) and uh in in many ways it was not made possible so we're going to talk about the artistry and aesthetics of this music video but unfortunately like we're not going to be able to be as as thorough about it as we were for example for the treat people with kindness episode so uh if you could bear with us for this to be a section that is not as thorough as that section. Vincent Haycock, if you're listening, come talk to us if you want, bestie. (laughs) Oh my God, I would love that. Um, No, but so, yeah, so the reason why, like, we can't get into the kind of depth that we did in the Treat People With Kindness episode about the kind of the artistry and and the things that that go behind this video is because people just haven't been interviewed about it. Mm So there was a lot of information that we got post Treat People With Kindness music video where people discussed the costuming and they discussed the the vision behind the video and the location and that just Mm -hmm. doesn't exist for this. And And I think that's also interesting because, and we'll get into this later in the episode as well, but Harry himself is vague in a certain way when he discusses this video. So I wonder, and and maybe this is a good way to get into kind of the general aesthetics and tone of this video, where kind of the lack of information about it, I think, interestingly enough, contributes to the way that I feel about it and mm-hmm. the type of existence in my brain that this video has. And so kind of the tone of the video for me, or, or like a summation of, I think, what the video might be trying to do is... 
whether as certain other music videos like the Treat People with Kindness video or the Adore You video are getting across a narrative that there's a story that that is happening in, in chronological order across time. This video is like a pure expression of a feeling, right? It's like, you know, if you think of the id, the ego, the super ego, like this is an id video. Mm-hmm. It, it's like there there's this, there's just this raw feeling that this like a thought from someone's brain that this video is is trying to get across and so in that way i can kind of understand why we haven't gotten that much information on it because i almost think that might disrupt that impression you know of when you watch it it's like this i i feel like anyway i'd be curious to see if you agree like when i watch it i feel like and this might sound dumb but but you know i'm gonna say it anyway like i feel like harry styles had a thought and what I'm seeing is the visual representation of that thought. Mm. And so I think if I knew more about what that process was and he was more specific in the way that he articulated it and the creatives behind it were more specific in the way that they articulated it, I think that might almost disrupt that for me as the video acting as the direct translation of that thought. Does that make sense? Yeah, like as this direct conduit. Yeah, no, definitely. It's very, very, very much about um, a feeling rather than something totally articulated, which I think is very much exemplified in, you know, the, there's kind of two states of being for Harry in the music video, right? He's in this party where nobody's talking and he's mm. brooding alone. There's a two separate, right. you know, two different ways of reacting to COVID that also could be called. <laughs> <laughs> Harry was social distancing before you had to. It's great. Socially distant king. <laughs> Socially distant king. Yeah. So I, I do think that um, shit post aside, that he really is trying to get across the feeling of being in a very intense experience and then reflecting on that experience and trying to figure out, you know, what that means for you. And also there's this whole overwhelming sense of, I think of, being seen in your private moments so um all of these experiences that he is having whether he's brooding alone or he's in this you know very we'll earn our explicit rating sexual party (laughs) he uh is being ever watched by us and noting even within the lyrics that he you know he's it's lights up on him he's being seen exactly i'm so glad you put it that way yeah, yeah. and so um yeah it's 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 very interesting this thought of it, it you know this song i don't think is about fame but it's not not about fame <laughs> you know what i mean and i think that that kind of comes across yeah we'll in get song. into that yeah. later as we talk about theme yeah, and I think, too, so many of the things that you just said will break down in further detail yeah. as we continue on, particularly when we discuss theme, but um, I think it kind of blends into some of the other aesthetic elements of the video as well, which I'm going to get into right now. So the first is lighting. So, you know, this song is called Lights Up, right? Which, like, kind of makes you think, of course, lighting is going to be a key aspect of this video, and of course it is, right? So lighting is i feel so strong and so key to the aesthetic elements of this video in a way that like a lot of times in music videos or in film or whatever like lighting is an element that exists that you that doesn't demand attention like Mm -hmm. as you watch it you kind of you know it's something that exists and that a lot of times contributes to the sense that the viewer gets but you're not thinking about the lighting cue as you watch something right 
But particularly on rewatch, this video, every single setting that I kind of took us through earlier has a really strong lighting cue that's like very obvious. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the stark red light on him in the beach scene, whether that's the really strong white light behind him in the um when when he's in the pink water there's just like yeah the the lighting in this video is just like very direct and very stark and oh and then the green kind of light in the in the scene where he's in the party with everybody and so i kind of that was just very pleasing to me in how it met the song and of course we would be remiss without noting probably my favorite incident of light in the song this expert editing, if Vincent Haycock is a genius, he and I were discussing this, we discussed this a bunch, but there's this, the part where he's in the Harris Reed outfit and uh, the light comes up on him and behind in the track, you might not even notice if you haven't listened to the song that much, but after the first shine in the track, Harry screams. And uh, yep. especially, it's, it's especially prominent if you... Um, detach the instrumentals from the vocals. I never, I never noticed it until I did that. But Vincent noticed it, and he lined up the screen with right after the light hits him, which is yeah. so. I just, I like the idea of him catching that minutiae that it took me forever to catch, and then applying that to his editing technique in the video is just. I love you yeah, guys. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, that's the strongest lighting cue in the video, so I'm glad you brought that up. Is that really stark spotlight that hits him in that location in the woods? And um yeah, and, and we can kind of bring this up throughout our discussion as we talk about the lyrics, but you know, I think I, that has obvious connotations of when the light hits him in that scene, there's that scream in the track. And like, I don't even think we need to explicitly get into the implications of that. Maybe we will later, but I think it's obvious like that, you know, as, as you experience it in that moment, there's like a clear and really interesting thing going on that's like a melding of all those artistic elements in that moment. So yeah, I think that probably is the strongest element of lighting in the video. But throughout, there's just such, I just, it pleases me so much that and, and of course, it's obvious, right? Like light being in the name of the song, in the lyrics ex it, itself, you know, shine, all these things that, that it would kind of blend with the aesthetics of the video as well. But it is just pleasing to me, you know, that, that all these elements kind of blend together. And with color as well, like we've talked throughout this podcast so far about how distinct the different settings are in their color palettes and how the lighting contributes to that as well where you have that um that green light in the the kind of orgy setting you have that blue light i just that particular look i just haven't seen in any of harry's other music videos like mm -hmm. that distinct aesthetic color palette um and so it's something that is one of my favorite aspects of this video how beautiful it is to look at and how um, unique and distinct those different locations are, and so that that was something that I definitely pulled out as I was as I was thinking about artistic elements of this this video as well. Yes, but yeah, so that mostly wraps it up for me. I think there's a lot that can be said about kind of the dreamlike quality of this video and how that kind of contributes to that like sense of id that I was talking about before, like that direct translation of feeling. Like I think that really strong aesthetic vision of the stark colors and the really strong lighting cues, I think contributes to that, right? That kind of hazy dreamlike quality that some of the publications had talked about before. And yeah, so I just wanted to make sure to mention that because I think that that's another way that the, the kind of aesthetic elements of the video work to towards that um that that wider tone. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, now we're going to talk about 
costuming, hair, and makeup. One of the main pieces of information that we have about the costuming for the Lights at Music video is this article from GQ uh, where they interviewed Harris Reed about um, him creating the Lights Up outfit for Harry. So it's just a fun story and we'll uh, zip through it a little bit, but uh, I just felt like if people hadn't been exposed before, it'd be really fun to talk about this. So uh, basically Harris Reed was spending time in New York and Harry Lambert got in contact to say, hey, I don't know if you're up for this, but Harry would love you to do something for next week. All top secret, of course. All Harry Lambert sent were two Pantone colors of blue with a note. It needs to be in the shade of blue. I can't tell you too much else. Um, and at the time that Harris received this message, he was very much enjoying himself in NYC with some alcohol. But he wasn't drunk, he says. <laughs> but he, he asked the barman for a napkin and he handed he was handed this piece of paper and he did a chicken scratch drawing and sent it back to Harry right away. And he was like, this is perfect. So they made the piece literally in three days, uh, kind of inspired by David Bowie's Dog Days, but more sparkly and upbeat and less linen and long hair, basically. And so he tried on himself as a model and Harry texted him, it fits, it works. Uh, so I just think that that is just a very nice story. I don't know. It doesn't add super huge amount of commentary other than I really like the the, day, the note that it was partly inspired by David Bowie, but um, a lot of Harris Reed books are because Harris Reed and I are the same person and we both love <laughs> Jagger and David Bowie. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I love this look. I think that what I find, I find it interesting that this is the only look that we have any information on and it's the look that's in the video the least. And I also find it cool that this is the look that Harry chose for his social media profiles at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's since changed it, but I know for a long time after this video came out, that's what he had as his, um, as his like Instagram profile picture and stuff like that. So clearly they all really loved this look and I think... Yeah, it works super well in the video. And as we kind of go through these other looks, we can talk about how they work together. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I liked hearing the behind the scenes story about this look as well. Yeah. So one thing uh, particularly that he noted was all of the outfits in this music video are reflective. So they sparkle or they have some sort of glittery element or shimmery element or some sort of sheen to them. So like maybe they're yep. see-through um, and they billow or something like that. So um, the first outfit that we talk about um, is the Harris Reed outfit. So there's this designer and I was I was saying to Ki, oh God, I'm going to have to pronounce this on air. So I think it's Lajo Schmidl. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Lazo Schmidl. Uh, yeah, so he layered a tool bodysuit under this, only it's like a custom one. It's in blue. So I think yep. that's neat. It's very pretty. I wish that in the music video that we got more of a look at this outfit, because you actually don't get that good of a look at it. No, you don't. I, I find that interesting, though. It's like a little it's like a little tease. It's a little taste. Mm -hmm. I find that really interesting. That particular location, I think, is so significant to the video because you see it at, to me, probably the video's most striking moment, which is that moment when the first chorus comes in, when... Um, 
when he does that falling motion that I talked about before. And so, yeah, I, I appreciate that even though we didn't get such a great look, you know, time-wise of this outfit in the video, that, that it was, I think, the most important one, or at least, you know, the argument could be made that that's the case. Something that I find very um, interesting about this outfit's placement in the video itself, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, and most Harrys probably know, but if, if you don't, and this is your first exposure to Harris Reed. Welcome to the podcast. Harris Reed specializes particularly in gender fluid fashion. And I find it really interesting that in this scene, when you're first introduced to Harry in this outfit, you can kind of only see it from like the hips up. And it kind of looks like he's wearing a shirt and maybe like a skirt or it's, it's a dress. But then when the light hits him, he steps back and you actually see that it's a whole ensemble that has pants too. So there's very much playing with that fluidity and that shot with the outfit. I like that so much. I do too. And the silhouette, mm-hmm. uh, I think, kind of speaks to that as well because it has that kind of like A-line waist. Is that what mm-hmm. you would say? Like, um, I think so. That waist at the center of the body right. instead of at the hips, which is what quote unquote like male clothing, like massive quotations around that, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, I would think. Um, that the outfit tapers in at, at the waist of what would be typical of like quote unquote women's clothing, you know, um, yeah. that waist in the center of the body and then comes outward from, from there to kind of emphasize that, which I really like about the outfit as well. Yeah, it's cool. It really, it really um, emphasizes the ambiguity of the outfit. And in a lot of ways, like seeing him like this, it really, it really does help start off saying, okay, this is part of what I want to do in my fashion model career too like and that's all part of it's all part of this you know this is a big you know part of like uh, I think a lot of people talk about you know lights up and they are very fixated on the orgy scene because it is quite striking but I do think that like the video itself talks to it seems like a lot of internal pressures you know, a lot of internal thoughts that he's having about like the kind of performer that he wants to be and the kind of like public figure that he wants to be. And I do think that like including fashion into that and sort of showing like this is also another part of me that I want to share with the world. I think that that's cool too. Yeah, I think you could kind of view it as an aesthetic statement of mm-hmm. intent. Mm-hmm. Um, Good words. This era yes. as well. Yes. Okay, so... Uh, we have Harry on the back of this motorcycle in this Lajo Schmidl chiffon <laughs> shirt yeah. um, and custom Gucci trousers and boots. I really like this uh, chiffon shirt. I think it's nice. Yeah, it, it, it's very um, it's very flowy, right, mm. in the way. So it's made so that when he wears it on the back of the motorcycle, he can kind of wave his arms around and the wind kind of takes the, the shirt around and kind of emphasizes the freedom of that scene. And I think... Mm. Yeah, the, these white boots that he has on, he wore a lot at the beginning of this era. Um, they're kind of like these heeled boots that I think are really cute. The heel on those is really high. I know. Like when you look at the photo of him on the motorcycle, I'm like, holy shit. Damn, it is a high heeled boot. I don't know how comfortable it would be on the back of a motorcycle wearing those, but. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't re- realize until right now that's like at least like a three inch heel. Yeah. Harry, what do you got to be taller for? What are you doing? <laughs> You've already got height. Save some for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, 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 I wouldn't exactly say that I'm short, but yeah, add a couple inches to Harry, and I definitely would be looking up at him if I ever, <laughs> if we ever had a conversation. Uh, okay, so the next look is um, this custom Gucci 
navy sequin ensemble. He wore something like this when he performed on SNL in the, in the yep. song. Yeah. Yep. Very reminiscent of that. Yeah. This was this yeah. is a cool outfit. This this one in particular is like like that reflective thing that I was yeah. saying before. Like you know, obviously that brings to mind the name of the song and, and kind of some of the themes that we'll discuss later. Mm-hmm. In, you know, in terms of like all of the reflective elements of this song. But yeah, th- this outfit I really really like. Really liked it when. He wore a version of it. It's not the same thing, but a version of it on SNL. And yeah, I, I like how it, yeah, just how it reflects that really stark red light that, that's in this particular scene in the video that I think is really cool. It seems like it would be uncomfortable to wear that in the water like he did. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought about that too. <laughs> He's like probably sitting in sand and uh, there's water. So not only is it like water uncomfortable, but it's also the sand. Yeah, I can't, can't imagine that this oh, outfit uh, aged great after he took it off no. uh, to, to do this scene, but it was worth it. It was, it was worth, worth it. it. It was worth it. Okay. So then our final look that we're talking about is uh, Harry in the suspenders thing that's both reminiscent of what he wore in Jules Holland and reminiscent of the Fine Line album cover. Yeah, so I loved, I, this is where like, again, like mm-hmm. I said, I think us not knowing very much about this video kind of does help contribute to the fact that it just feels like a thought that just was like dumped into like my own synapses or whatever but um at the same time i would love to hear a little bit more from harry lambert about the different looks in this Mm -hmm. video because i think like that is so interesting to me that not only is it a statement of intent and gives a little peek into kind of one of the most defining looks of this album cycle and of harry's career you know that fine line album look which is so striking i think also there's a really interesting tie to theme here and i keep saying we're going to get into things later i think it's because all these things are so tied together right so it's difficult to know when to to get into these discussions of greater themes and 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 stuff but i think that this outfit we can't ignore the fact that this is his performance outfit if we're interpreting Mm -hmm. i think i think Mm -hmm. this is pretty clear right that that scene yes where he's like very distressed is is a green room it looks like that to me and i think mm-hmm. that's what it's meant to convey and that would imply that this is his performance outfit this is um, performance anxiety i think that has a connotation that means something that i don't think you mean when you say that <laughs> no no but like I, uh, I didn't mean it that way i mean like <laughs> anxiety to perform this is not a chance that we're this is not an opportunity <laughs> that we're trying to earn our explicit rating listeners <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but I, but I think like what I mean to say is that I find that connection to be very interesting that he would that he would wear versions of mm-hmm. this outfit to perform his first performance of the song, right, which is on Jules Holland, I believe. Yeah. To echo that performance look from this video in the Fine Line album cover, that all those looks would be united and that that this would be the look that would represent that kind of distress at pre or post performance I find extremely interesting you know that connection between if if this is the look that's meant to represent performance you know um, artistic performance whatever that stage look that that then is directly made true in real life outside of the artistic expression of the music video through these different live performances you know what I mean yeah absolutely absolutely so uh, before we get into a conversation about theme we thought that it might be nice to just read off the lyrics to the song. So unlike many of the things that I read off on this podcast, I'm going to attempt to be as serious as possible. So putting on my reading glasses, pulling this up in a 
you know, uh, pretend that I've written this down in a great notebook. I'm not. I'm, I'm looking at this on a computer. But uh, yeah, so these are the lyrics to Lights Out. What do you mean? I'm sorry, by the way. Never coming back down. Can't you see? I could, but wouldn't stay. Wouldn't put it like that. What do you mean? I'm sorry, by the way. Never coming around. It'd be so sweet if things just stayed the same. And then... La da da da. <laughs> I'm not good for the series. Okay, look. we're gonna get through this. All the lights couldn't put out the dark running through my heart. Lights up and they know who you are. Know who you are. Do you know who you are? Shine, step into the light. Shine, so bright sometimes. Shine, I'm not ever going back. And then he repeats that a few times. What do you mean? I'm sorry, by the way. Never going back now. It'd be so sweet if things just stayed the same. All the lights couldn't put out the dark. Running through my heart. Lights up and they know who you are. Know who you are. Do you know who you are? And those are the lyrics to Harry Styles, Lights Up. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you decided to read that because it reminds me of a few things that, I, that we didn't say throughout the rest of this podcast that I think are kind of helpful to get into. So first of all, it's the fact that the song is like really short. Mm-hmm. and it the structure of it is very atypical and so normally right in a song you have like verse verse pre-chorus chorus you know and, mm-hmm. and a general structure like that and that this song is is atypical in the way that it exists and that harry said you know in an interview i think pretty early on that he wrote i don't know how long the song is like two minutes like less than two minutes he mm-hmm. was like he said to his label like okay i have like a two minute single like you're welcome I find amusing but yeah so I so you know you remind me as you read the lyrics that the lyrics of the song are atypical too mm-hmm. in that like there's nothing there's no new lyrics once we get like halfway through the song it's it's repeating that same refrain over and over again except for except for this one edit here where instead of never going back down it's never going back now yeah that's an yeah i like those little things there's little little alterations throughout the song but but yeah so something that it kind of reminds me of is that thing that i said before about this this music video feeling kind of like a distillation of a feeling and the song feels that way to me too. I think particularly with some of the lyrics in the beginning that feel like kind of like this one-sided conversation. I, I remember hearing a version of this. There's like, I forget where this lives. So, you know, if listeners, if you have that information, feel free to send it to us. There's this, there's this version of the song that lives somewhere that's like a demo version where it has different lyrics, um, I think, at this opening part. And I almost think that it it wouldn't even matter so much what the lyrics to this part were, you know? Mm-hmm. They're very not distinct. They're very... Yeah, it's, it's just very id, right? It's not like... Particularly at the beginning of the song, right? There's a couple lyrics that we're going to get into in a second that are like very direct. and But most of the lyrics to the song are not direct. And they're kind of... They kind of live out there, right? They feel like half of a phone call. Like when, when you're passing by somebody and they're like on the phone... And you only hear half of their conversation. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? You know, can't you see? I could, but wouldn't. Yeah, and it works too with this kind of uncertainty that you feel from the beginning of the music video. And, and, I, and the kind of the reason why we wanted to talk about this song and the lyrics in the context of the music video itself is because to me, this music video is so deeply tied into my feelings about the song. And so when I listen to the song, I think of the music video. Mm -hmm. I saw the music video for the first time without having heard the song before, right? So 
it's impossible to extract my thoughts and feelings and opinions about this song from my experience of watching the video. And so that is kind of why we wanted to discuss it in this way. And, and I think that he knew that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's why it was released in the way that it was. And I think that that's meant to be part of it. So the two things, the, the lyrics of the song, the music of the song, the video itself, all three of those things are working together here. It's not... Does that make sense? So, so it's very hard to extract them from each other for me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so now we're going to hop into a conversation about theme. So we have a lot to say about theme because there's a lot going on here. But the three main conversations that we're going to have are the themes of freedom of expression and openness, the themes of self-reflection, self, sense of self, vulnerability, and the theme of queerness. So, um, Key, do you want to start kicking off a conversation about freedom of expression and openness as it applies to the song and music video? Yeah, totally. And and we'll you know and we'll discuss what we mean by queerness, you know, as we discuss that theme, and then and then as well throughout, we'll kind of discuss the weaving of these things together because I think you know even I don't even have to say it. I think you know just saying those themes like freedom of expression and openness, self reflection and sense of self, and queerness the thematic through line between all of those three ideas is very present, right? So Mm -hmm. all these things are working together. But, you know, we separate it out in this way to kind of, you know, hopefully have some useful discussions of them individually. But um, but yeah, so in terms of freedom of expression and openness, what what this kind of means, right? You could get into, you know, clothing in terms of freedom of expression here, but kind of my thought process behind including this theme is is mostly of artistic expression. So a lot of people have discussed what this video might mean in the context of like fame and interpreting it through the lens of this song, this video being about, about fame. And I think to me, that direct one-to-one analogy doesn't so much speak to me mm-hmm. as as the music video and the song speak to a general idea of artistic expression and and, and an artist trying to communicate with an audience and like, all the things that are part and parcel with that. So, you know, we've talked before in in the recap of this video and the artistic elements of the video that one of the scenes in the video looks like it takes place in a green room, which is, you know, a place that performers would get ready or wind down from a performance. And so right there, that brings to mind um, that, that performance element of this song. And another thing that works together with that is the spotlight. So there's a very, very clear spotlight in the scene in the video where Harry is in the the Harris Reed outfit. And that's a, an element of performance as well, right? So you have these like particular artistic elements in the music video that remind you of, you know, things that would happen at a concert or things th- things that immediately bring to mind, at least for me, a musical artist, right? And so kind of to discuss those in a little bit more depth, like we have the green room scene, which is clearly the saddest location in the video, right? Like this is where he's kind of like the most distressed. So what this kind of brings to mind for me, you know, the spotlight and the green room together is this lyric in this song that I think is the most direct lyric in the song. So we said before, you know, the kind of half conversation aspect of lyrics of the song is like, it's not so directly interpretive. It's it's a little unclear. It's a little fuzzy. It's a little dreamlike. It's a little hazy. But this particular lyric, like all the lights couldn't put up the dark running through my heart is like a very, very obvious and direct lyric, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, again, is, is a lyrical reference that kind of leads to this interpretation of the song being about fame. So to me anyway, like all the lights couldn't put out the dark running through my heart. What that makes me think of is like a performer on a stage. Everybody has their lights up 
and the performers like try there, there's like the sense of like that you'd think that a successful artist or that you know a, a famous person or whatever would 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 be standing on stage and would be getting that positive feedback from a crowd that that mm-hmm. like makes them happy or it like fixes their problems or it like there's that idea right like how could you be struggling how could you be sad right. when when all the things in your life are going right when you're successful when you are doing this thing in your career that makes you happy but i at least what that lyric means to me is that like that's not the case like you're performing on a stage and you feel something right that you have a problem mm-hmm. that needs to be fixed you're feeling sad something's going on internally and that audience is not able to fix that for you right mm-hmm. is kind of what that lyric means to me yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that the description of all the lights couldn't put out the dark running through my heart. I think that the description of all implies many performances too. So I, I think that there's like a, a good sense of a passage of time in that lyric as well. Mm. You know, this very intense feeling inside of yourself that you're just not able to show or like that you feel is just ever present even though you're trying to work like I I guess I you know as a queer person myself when I you know this this is is my personal interpretation is to me I'm not saying anybody else feels this way but I know that this lyric you know hits me particularly hard as somebody who is queer myself and has dealt with all sorts of issues you know related to like being closeted at work or like trying to figure out how to tell your family or your friends stuff and like trying to distract yourself from other things. Um, I do think that this is a lyric that I've seen, you know, resonate with myself and a lot of my friends as well. This sort of concept that hiding yourself really weighs on you. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that kind of blends into a discussion that we'll have later, you know, about the queerness in this video. I think definitely you can look at this lyric in that light but i think it also exists outside of that yeah like absolutely think, yeah that's why it's just the my lyric personal. isn't so much specific right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i think that's a that's a really affecting personal connection to what this lyric is saying but i think like there's something yeah i i, I kind of enjoy the ambiguity that mm-hmm. that exists behind the lyric as well you know what i mean yeah absolutely yeah no a lot of it's a lot of it's vague uh so he never he never said it, it you you should interpret it this way that's just how i personally see my own brain in it yeah no definitely that makes total sense but i think too so so that kind of to bring in some of these different ideas about the artistic elements that we talked about before and how that kind of blends into the green room scene and kind of this discussion of artistic expression is there's this contrast between interior and exterior scenes mm-hmm. in the music video where the interior scenes, so I think the green room in particular is like the saddest scene. He's looking very distressed. And then the exterior scenes, which are the orgy scene, the motorcycle scene, are like just happier scenes and, and are freer. So I think that's interesting. And I think, I don't know if that means that the video is trying to say anything in particular about this concept of interior and exterior mm-hmm. as much as it is an artistic way to convey kind of the the things that they're going for. So you have like this isolation in mm-hmm. the interior scenes and this freedom and community in the exterior scenes, which I find to be very interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so I guess, I don't know, when we talk about performance and when we talk about that particular lyric in the song, which to me so clearly speaks to some of the things that 
that the song is conveying and discussing, like it's not even so much freedom of expression as it is this tension that artists experience, right? Of sharing and what do you share, of being watched and being seen, of expressing something internal and having that be interpreted by other people through watching it, through listening to it, through experiencing it, you know? There's that tension that exists in the song, um, which I, I find to be very interesting and very meta, um, and like you talked about, and I think a very smart way earlier in this episode, that is so present in the video, this sense as you're watching it, that it is about being watched and that the video itself is in dialogue with the fact that it is being viewed and being interpreted at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that also like while we're talking about freedom of expression, I do think that I, I would like to revisit the concept that we talked earlier with fashion about this mm. video. I, I think that it's it's interesting. The song itself wasn't pushed to radio, so it really was more for like fans and that sort of thing. And I think it's really interesting that essentially that this video is a statement of intent for the new era um, and really mm -hmm. like trying to show this is what's to come. You know, this is how I intend to, some of the themes that I intend to explore throughout the era, some of the things that I intend to wear throughout the era and how this era is going to be different from the last one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I think that's interesting to me that the fact that it's different from the last one, because I think maybe that can lead us into a discussion of our next theme, which is self-reflection. Yeah. I think and, and vulnerability, because I think this video marks such a distinct difference from his previous two music videos, which are for Kiwi and Sign of the Times. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is a much more internal video, and it's a much more vulnerable video. So both Kiwi and Sign of the Times are kind of about spectacle for me, mm -hmm. both of those videos. And there's like a big concept to it. You know, and I think Sign of the Times is a, could be seen as an internal song, but, it, but it's, a, it's a very dramatic song. And so the, the video kind of speaks to that. And so this is such a distinct difference from that. And so that too, I kind of think, you know, at the top of the episode, we discussed what must it have been like to have been a fan of Harry Styles at this time when this dropped, because yeah. it is such an interesting artistic work. But, but at the same time, it's also just so different yeah. from what people had seen from him before. And I think when I talked before about, yeah, you know, watching... Yeah, it sounds different, but but even just, you know, my experience of like watching this video and like feeling taken in by it, but also a little, you know, watching it through through my fingers, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's very personal. It's like very vulnerable. And the video conveys this in a variety of ways. But um, that's some that's a distinct aspect of it. You don't get the sense watching either of his previous music videos as much as I like them. They're not internal. They're not vulnerable. You're not you're not. That's not what they're trying to accomplish. And yeah, and so that's like one of my favorite things about this video. And I find it interesting too, in dialogue with the previous thing we talked about, about performance and expression, that the video would be about performance and be so internal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's just like a lot of really cool moments that show that this song is about self-reflection. I think that you can get it pretty clearly from the themes of contrast that we discussed earlier and how a lot of the there's a lot of juxtaposition of the interior scenes of him seeming, you know, pretty stressed out with the more free exterior things, almost as though he's like having certain experiences, whether it's going to a sexy dance party or 
you know, riding on a, a motorcycle, you know, without a helmet, please be safe, Harry. But, you know, <laughs> thinking on himself and like what it means to be the kind of person who does that sort of thing. Because, you know, I think that when you move into new stages of life, there's a lot of, whether it's as an artist or like, you know, what whatever, you know, transition stage of, of life you're at, I think that you have a lot of questions about like, okay, if I did this thing, what kind of person does that mean that I am now? Like if I moved cities, what type of person am I that I'm the type of person who moves cities? You know what I mean? And I think that that, I think that that's really reflected in the juxtaposition here you know, with the party and the motorcycle and that sort of thing. Him really asking like, okay, so do that. What does that mean for me? You know? Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. I don't know if I would have thought about it like that. Yeah. So I think those those scenes are reflect that in an interesting way. I think the one that is the most obvious to me mm-hmm. as an example of self-reflection, right, is him on the wire. So yes. you have this like really direct example of Harry raised up looking at himself in mm-hmm. a different outfit, right? So that's like very obvious, like that that visual is so obvious that it, it's another one. When we talk about this video, like streaming his thoughts directly into your brain, like that's just an image where like, you know what that means and it speaks for itself, right? Yeah, the image of him like yelling at himself in the mirror too. Yeah, mirror is another example of that. So obvious, obvious visual that is meant to indicate self-reflection is him literally looking at himself in the mirror, right? It's like the most obvious way you can convey that. Water is also reflective, right? As you're watching him in that scene with the purple background and in the dark blue reflective jumpsuit, you you can see a reflection of him there. So so all of this kind of pulls through. And I think there's another meta element to that in, in the kind of the pink water aspect of it that reminds everyone of course of his first album which is that not only is it like literally self-reflective and that the water is reflecting images of himself and the the mirror is reflecting images of himself but the video is reflective of his artistic past Mm -hmm. um so i think that that's kind of cool and it's not just an examination of self in a visual way but also in an artistic way yeah exactly and yeah and, and i think like as we talk about the fact that this is one of the most personal, I think probably the most personal thing that he's ever put out, I think of the breaks for the camera um, mm-hmm. that happen, particularly in the orgy scene. That So there's this interesting idea, right, that like, and this is discussed a lot, whenever Harry puts out a song that can be interpreted in a certain way, I think this, particularly in the discussion of the song Medicine, but I think about it in this song as well. And I understand why people who work in media discuss things this way because I think it is prudent to be careful in the way that you discuss things like this but there's always this discussion of like is Harry talking about himself when Harry writes a lyric and there's a narrator of the song should we the audience assume that him the Mm -hmm. artist means himself or could he be narrating the song from the perspective of someone else Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there's obviously no easy answer to that and that brings up all complex questions about the artist and the celebrity and like the the person themselves and their image as an artist right there's all those things are in dialogue with each other but in in this particular context like the breaks to the camera to me like this is supposed to be him like you watch this video and you're supposed to understand that the figure at the center of this video is him. And there's all these different ways that this video conveys that, but one of the 
obvious ones to me is his breaks for the camera, whether that's looking directly at the camera, whether that's winking at the camera, whether that's, you know, smiling to himself and laughing a little bit at how ridiculous the situation that he's in is. Like, all these things to me are like, it's conveying to us that there is no character that is meant to be in this video. It's not like the Adore You music video where, yes, there's like a relationship between the quote-unquote peculiar boy in the Adore You music video and Harry. Like, obviously, there's a relationship there, but there's a separation there as well. You don't... That video has a separation between Harry Styles and the peculiar boy credited in that music video, right? And I think it's similar with some of his other videos. And so this video, that doesn't exist. Like, we are... I the audience i believe is supposed to take from this that this is from harry styles the artist and that the central figure of this music video is him right and so i think that that's really interesting and really effectively conveyed by by um all those things that we discussed before yeah absolutely uh very same hat with how he eventually started pointing at himself when he sang medicine (laughs) yeah Same, same energy yes me. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, like, again, like, I understand, like, this isn't a criticism of the media. Really. Oh, absolutely. I think it, it makes sense to ask these questions, but I think, like, in certain artistic works, like, he's telegraphing, like, at least we, the audience, are supposed to take this from that, that this is mm-hmm. him, this is as the central figure of this music video, which is another way in which it's vulnerable. Yeah. Um, because there isn't that separation between a character or a different version of himself and, and the audience. Yeah. Okay, so I think that... Do, do you have more to say about the theme of self-reflection? Oh, I guess just that, like, obviously the lyrics of the song also are clearly conveying that with the mm-hmm. do you know who you are yes, lyric, yeah, which, yeah. which is at the center of this whole thing, right? There's a mm-hmm. reason why he chose to put that in the posters as an introduction to the song. There's a reason why the website was do you know who you are, like, and the website was telling you different things about yourself as mm-hmm. you put it in, like... This is so clearly meant to be a questioning and a reflection on himself and and identity and and all of these things. And I think like that lyric so clearly is about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that website I will say is not accurate. It hasn't told me that I'm gay once. Like, <laughs> can you imagine if <laughs> we're having this serious discussion about theme? But I am just I'm like so very sorry. taken with the idea that like. You go to the Do You Know Who You Are website and you put in your name and it'd be Greg. like, you are gay. Yeah, great. You are gay. <laughs> Love H. So amazing to me. <laughs> that would be so iconic. I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, speaking of gay, our final theme for this song that we would like to discuss is queerness. Now, we here at We Blame Harry Styles Incorporated are not trying to... <laughs> use a section to like throw a label on Harry or, you know, be invasive in his personal life. We just want to talk about like what he is directly trying to say and also about how the media received this message and then also exactly. sort of we'll we'll tie it up also a little bit later, talking about how he followed up talking about this because it it is very interesting. Yeah, but I but I think to speak to what you just said, I don't think that you can honestly discuss this video without talking about queerness, right? So I'll say yeah. that, right? Because we discussed that. We'd 
And to, and I wanted to say this earlier, but you know, if you saw Gray tweeted this the other day, like we were going to record this a couple days ago and we discussed how we wanted to do it. And we ended up having like a three hour long, like Zoom conversation just about this video and all the things wrapped up in it, right? Because there's so much, obviously, um, and we're, we're clearly not going to get to say everything here, but this is one of those things that it can be difficult to talk about. And, mm-hmm. and um, at the same time, we can't just ignore it because it is central to what this video is, what this video means to both of us, and yeah, it, the way that the video was received by the public. And so, yeah, so I think yeah. that I guess to lead in, I guess why we decided to choose queerness as a major theme. So, uh, other than you know, I guess we could say the obvious, but uh, I, you know, a lot of people will say the obvious. I want to show my work. So when we were um, doing initial preparation for this episode, um, I was doing a lot of, obviously, like I said earlier, back reading. And is every single article that I opened up, it was, fans think that Harry Styles has come out on coming out day, October 11th. It was all of them. I said, Keep, all of the articles say this thing. And he was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I was there for when it happened. It really is looking at it retrospectively a whole hell of a lot. And so let's talk maybe a little bit about why it was received that way. And like what it says that that was clearly a statement of, it was clearly what he something that he wanted you to get out of it. Uh, what are your feelings about that, Key? Yeah. So, so I think first of all, I think it's much more complicated. Than yeah. That. So, I agree. so like this idea that this is a coming out video and that that's what this is meant to convey, I think is not entirely accurate. And I think that's because it is tied into all these things we discussed before. At the same time, like while I don't think that this video is directly that is its direct purpose. As we've said before about how the video is in dialogue with the fact that it is a video that's being interpreted, that Mm -hmm. the figure at the center of this video is being seen, the video is very knowledgeable, I think, about itself and the images that are present within it. And I think Harry, as the artist behind the video that released the video, was knowledgeable about how it would be received. And so while I don't necessarily think that the purpose of this video was to produce that reaction, I think, of course, he knew that this video would produce that reaction. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's part of the reason why I'm okay with discussing it in this manner, because I think it's pretty obvious that he's aware of the fact of the way that the video presents itself and the, and that it's going to bring up these conversations. Right. Does that make sense? Right. You, you see him grinding between three dudes and you're a little curious. You're like, hey, that's three guys. Good for him. You know, <laughs> not jealous. Um, okay, so yeah, I, I just I do think that it's it's interesting because I wonder if any conversation that would have been had around the video, like interviewing anybody who made it, would have like expanded the conversation beyond that. I would say that like one of the things that frustrated me doing this retrospectively was specifically that people, I guess that people have like a limited idea of what it means to have, to make a queer work of art. Like something that has frustrated me is, and I think we even talked about this in our intro episode, but this this, this concept that the conversation begins and ends with is or is not Harry Styles queer. And I think that that's really not what he's trying to make you get out of it. Like, 
Like, I, I do think that he could assume that that would be something that you would take away from it, but that's not really what the video is. Do you know what I mean? I do. I think, like, I feel, I guess, a tad complicated about it because there are clear choices, I think, particularly in the timeline of the video's yeah. release, that are not accidental. Or maybe right. they are, but it's if they are, like, wow, yeah. that's a coincidence. <laughs> um, and so I guess I think that this video clearly is about things that so tie deeply into the queer experience. Everything yeah. we've talked about before, self-reflection, expression of self, identity. You can't say those words without thinking of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think like the decision to have one of the main locations in the video be a scene in which a bunch of people of, of all genders are dancing with each other and cuddling each other no, no shirts on cuddling each other yeah cuddling i don't know about that wording <laughs> whichever publication said that but but like that is a clear choice that i think like i think it's in there right mm -hmm. so i guess what i'm saying is i think i agree with you in that this video isn't like a direct one-to-one -one. this is exactly what the video is for and this mm -hmm. is exactly what it's trying to say but like it's in there <laughs> yes yes you know? that, that is that is what i was trying to get at is um i guess what I mean, and maybe I didn't phrase it correctly before, apologies, but yeah, I guess, I guess what I mean is I, I was a bit frustrated by the concept of like, if this is, you know, a quote unquote, basically like phrase it as a coming out, it's, it's not a coming out statement. If anything, it's like a letter, you know, it's, it's a, it's a communication. And I feel like, you know, what, what it seemed that a lot of mainstream publications seem to take away from it was they really wanted it to just be a check the box, yes, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that there's so much more here to think about and unpack. Uh, currently, I agree. currently, I mean, obviously, because currently at the time of recording, we are at hour one and 57 minutes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what's good, Cosmopolitan? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that like, too like i i don't necessarily think that when it's talking about queerness that it's talking only about you know the checking of the box yes no it's also clearly about his self-expression and like you know his collaboration with other queer people like the lazo schmidl and harris reed um and gucci are all you know he's wearing like more feminine fashions made by other queer people like it's very much queerness like runs through this video like it it just does and yeah 100 percent. and i feel like you know when you're when you're looking at this as like a like a yes slash no situation you're just missing a lot of it you are and i and i think i completely 100 percent agree with you also, also, can can I can I just say like to to everybody who wrote all those articles, he has given a yes slash no. He sang medicine and he said, "Boys, yes; girls, yes." <laughs> we we are we yeah. already have it. Medicine does exist, and everybody <laughs> forgets about it every three months, and that is a source of frustration to us all. But you know, whatever. That's that's the situation that we're all in. The media has a terrible memory when it comes to the, you know, statements he's made in the past. Um, but I think there is a tendency and a want to, yeah, make that one-to-one -one direct, this is what this is, statement about a lot of things that he's done. Mm -hmm. 
And I think you can see that too with the media's reaction to, you know, for example, Paper Magazine's write-up of Watermelon Sugar, which was like, that basically was like, oh, you had men and women in the Lights Up video, and now you have a video with mostly women? This is contradictory to me. Which like, I I think is a complete, it it speaks to what you're saying about this tendency to interpret these things as very direct, one note. This is what I'm saying about myself, and it's very clear. And that that is like completely the antithesis to what these things are meant to accomplish and like i think an over reading and an over analyzation of the messages and themes that are going on in in these pieces of art which i'm just very frustrated that that tendency exists within the media anyway yeah, but um i mean like and that also gets into the fact that the media just cannot handle people who are attracted to more than one gender we really struggle <laughs> yeah they're having a struggle party biphobe struggle party oh my god yeah like it's just but i think like when we talk about you know Freedom of expression and openness, self-reflection and sense of self, vulnerability, queerness, like all these things are wrapped up within each other, right? Mm -hmm. I think the lyrics help to distill these themes in a really meaningful way. So we've got, we've talked about before, right? All the lights couldn't put the dark running through my heart. We haven't so much gotten into this lights up and they know who you are Mm -hmm. idea. Know who you are. Do you know who you are? Which I think, you know, I've, I've talked before a little bit in this episode how I interpret that All the Lights Couldn't Put Out the Dark Running Through My Heart lyric as like a, you know, maybe a performer's on stage and they're seeing the lights of the audience and, and that doesn't fix what they're feeling. That doesn't fix whatever darkness or sadness or whatever you, you choose to interpret that being, you know, within them, whatever they're struggling with, whatever's going on inside of them. Um, and so if you carry that through into the, this next lyric, like lights up and they know who you are. That I find very interesting from a performance perspective as well about like you as an artist have through your art conveyed something personal about you that now the audience knows about you and that they're going to take that and interpret that and they're going to see you in that way, you know? And then when you follow that up by know who you are, do you know who you are? Maybe the audience is taking something away from a performance and, and coming away with some conclusion about you as the performer that you don't even know about yourself, mm-hmm. you know? It, it's, it speaks to this really interesting idea, I think, of agency and the lack of agency that artists have over how their work is interpreted mm-hmm. that I think ties into what everything you were just saying about the ways in which this video was interpreted and people's desire to read a one-to-one conclusion in so many of these things when in reality there's like so much more going on that like Mm -hmm. the lyrics of the song directly speak to that in a really interesting way you know like what it must feel like to finish a performance or to put art into the world and feel like people are coming away from that understanding something about you that you might not even understand or that you might wonder about and have questions about you know Mm -hmm. and so there's something very extremely extremely vulnerable about that about communicating that idea to an audience right there's a very meta aspect to that idea about like if that's what's happening with this video like i I don't need to get too in the weeds about it because then it becomes like turtles all the way down you know but (laughs) i love when you say that you but like that's what he's doing here and he's explaining what he's doing while he's doing it right like Mm -hmm. not only is it i'm going to dance with a bunch of people of a variety of genders in this video and you as the audience see that and you interpret that and you pick up on that mm-hmm. and that's meant to be seen and interpreted because it's within the video itself but then at the same time it's this idea about like i'm gonna make myself vulnerable by sharing a part of myself with you as the viewer and 
you know, think about how 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 he was feeling in that green room, how how scared he was in that green room, right? And how happy and satisfied he seemed or was on that motorcycle within that throng of people. Like mm-hmm. there there's like it's again, it's so hard to articulate this, and this is why like we struggled preparing for this episode because yeah, this so song is not direct. This song and this video are not direct. There's not like you aren't meant to come away with this with a one-to-one conclusion. And so it's difficult to sum up kind of all the things that are behind it. So of course I'm gonna struggle articulating it, but there is this like very affecting vulnerable thing of putting something out there in the world that's an artistic expression of self or feeling or thought and understanding that people are going to come away with that with something about you that you might not even understand about yourself. And I think like is what I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to sum all this up in this big long thing that I'm saying here not to you know go on a huge yeah. tirade or whatever but to to say that I think this is why this affected me so deeply, right? When I first watched it, which is like you know, and I I know I wasn't the only one who felt that way, is that this could have been a very direct coming out video, right? Like mm-hmm. if he wanted to do that, he would have done it. Like the, that not, it, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been difficult for him to do. But instead, what this was was someone revealing themselves to the viewer, you know, revealing themselves to me, revealing themselves to you, opening up this thought, this feeling and communicating it to you. And at the same time, communicating that that process of communicating that thing is scary. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's also, I think, I think that um, one thing that I get uh, that we haven't mentioned yet is um, something that we've talked about in conversation a lot, which is that I feel like one of the messages that I get from this song is also um it's really a feeling of self-discovery and like the the concept that this isn't a journey that's just over you know what i mean like Mm. very much like this feels like it doesn't feel like the end of something it just feels kind of like i don't know the middle of this the self-discovery section where you're you know sharing a part of yourself with other people but, you know, whatever that may be in your life, but you're not totally to the other side yet, you know? And you may never be to the other side, whatever that may be. Yeah, and I think the lyrics that follow up that section, right, which is that after the do you know who you are section, we get step into the light, shine, so bright sometimes, shine, I'm not ever going back, is what follows Mm -hmm. that. And he repeats that over and over again. So I think absolutely there is an element of, you know, happiness, of self-discovery, of freedom within this video that I don't think so much represents an answer to a question as much as it represents like the freedom of choosing to open yourself up in that way. Well, and I guess it's not really an answer to a question because the whole song ends on a question. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, that's a good point. The song, in many ways, literally asks more questions than it answers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a funny way to put it, but... You know what I mean? Like there's this like yeah. when we when we spoke before about the spotlight hitting him on the scream in the song, mm-hmm. right? It, it's this direct like so bright sometimes like that right. that moment of putting yourself out there, that moment of performance. And I'm using this kind of as a metaphor, right? Because it exists literally because Harry Styles is an artist and a performer. Mm-hmm. But there's a metaphor there as well in terms of like personal expression and identity and mm-hmm. you know letting people into your world and telling people about yourself that it can be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and that sharing bits of yourself and letting people know about yourself can be uncomfortable. That that moment in the music video particularly, I think, speaks to 
but that there's a clear statement in the song of like, I'm not ever going back. Like that there's a choice. There's a choice to be open. And it's so funny because he said that so many times in the press for this album as well, right? Like, you know, you could count on, I'm trying to think of the expression. Like he, how many times did he say? With the bumpers out. <laughs> <laughs> right, which we got kind of tired of as the as the interviews continued on. But, you know, the... This openness and vulnerability, I think, was never, I think, definitely you can say that about the album and the lyrics on the album and in a variety of ways you can say that about this era, but I think nothing is more emblematic of that to me than this song and this music video. Mm-hmm. And nothing conveys it as sharply. So there's just this beautiful element of this to me, of the choice to open yourself up to not only like certain parts of yourself, right? And we think of this like, I can relate to this too from like, as a perspective as a queer person of of you know owning your own identity and coming to terms with certain things about yourself that maybe you've struggled with but at the same time um that meta narrative of the song as well you know the choice to open yourself up knowing that it makes you vulnerable i think is like <sighs> yeah man i mean just it just affected me so deeply when i was watching it for the first time because it's so it was like there's none of none of that artifice is there you know it's just so yeah it, it's just such a direct translation of that freedom and that vulnerability that exists with, within all of that, you know what I mean? And I, that's like a poor way for me to articulate it, but I think it's like all of that is so in the DNA of this song and this video in a way that, that Vincent Haycock and Harry and everybody who was involved, like I'm just so blown away by their ability to convey that mm-hmm. through the form of a music video, you know? Like, I, there's a reason, I guess, why I'm not a music video director and that <laughs> I can't imagine how one goes about that. But the, to yeah. even be able to have this discussion and to even be talking about these things is, like, I think such a gift that they gave us to start out this this album cycle and I think um yeah yeah I'm, I'm just so appreciative of that and I'm, I'm so appreciative that I was there for it and that I that I saw it and that it that it did affect me because you know the other side of it is that it it, it was a great introduction to him as an as an artist and I'm sure it was an introduction for a lot of people to him as an artist and I think as an album opener in that way I think it um it was really effective yeah, I, I I agree. So I guess I really don't have anything to cap on that. Do you have any final thoughts? I mean, just that I'm sure as soon as we finish recording this podcast that I am going to think of things that the video does that are interesting that I didn't say and that it's impossible to fully convey and articulate and sum up all the things that exist in this video because it is such an emotional, thought-provoking work that it's just, it's, you know, it's difficult to discuss. We I felt, yeah. an, I almost like, Gray kind of made this document in preparation for this episode and I I was kind of hesitant initially to do it because there's so much for me wrapped up in this and I feel so many ways about it that I I can't even fully understand myself like it's one of those things where you know a lot of times like you think like you mentioned the Dutch angles before in film that that a Dutch angle is meant to to convey a sense of uncertainty or something like that And, and it's like so many things work together to do that in art that you aren't that you don't understand and you just receive the feeling and all the mechanics behind it that produce that feeling in you, you don't understand, but you still get the feeling. That's how I feel about this video, right? As much as I can discuss, you know, all the things that are behind it, I think there's so much there in you. We can talk about the artistic elements. We can talk about how the costumes and lighting contribute to that idea. Like at the end of the day, I just get such a specific emotion and feeling that comes from this video and, you know, Mm Yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm kind of like, I'm at a loss for words, I guess, appropriately, because that's what I was like on October 
10th or whatever when this came out and that's how I felt then and hopefully now I've come to some terms of understanding about why it affected me so much um, and why I still tear up a little bit now when I watch it. I watched it today, I teared up. I watched it two days ago when we were initially and recorded it, I teared up. You know, it's just such a yeah, such a vulnerable, such an interesting, such a beautiful music video and song. And I think, yeah, that's... Yeah. It's kind of crazy, honestly, to be sitting here and actually recording our thoughts on it. I know there was a period like last summer and he and I have been friends for almost a year now. And... There, there have been like periods of time, like I know, like for weeks on end, where sometimes we'll get fixated on this video or like you know on on something related to this video, and that'll just be like the conversation that we have at three in the morning for like two weeks in a row, and it's just um, and right right now right now that conversation has shifted to other topics like like Bucky Barnes, but. Uh, Listen, <laughs> but one of our one of our go tos definitely for a very long time on and off has has been uh, the lights up music videos. So I just can't I, I can't express all of the thoughts and feelings that I've ever had about this video. I don't, I've had so many that like I've talked I've talked to Key and just been like half of the ones that I've had I don't like even want to immortalize because. I've had so many different thoughts, feelings, reactions over time. Like probably a year from now, when I'm listening to this podcast, I'll be like, I had these other four thoughts that I never said. And I disagree with like three of those things that I said. Like there's, <laughs> it's so dense. And we, at least for me, what I'm perceiving from you as well, we both are like at the end of talking about the themes that I think that we have. And it still feels like it doesn't encompass all of the conversations and feelings that we've had uh, over time about this song and this music video yeah it's it's that's what's so hard about communicating a feeling right Mm -hmm. is that at the end of it it's it's a feeling and you just feel it and i think hopefully the people who listen to this episode of course the people who listen to this episode are the ones who are going to understand that the most Mm -hmm. because i think people did respond to this video in a very appreciative and interesting way and i think as time has gone on, like, I so appreciate that I still get the same feeling from it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've tried to unpack throughout this conversation why we feel that feeling. And I hope that our listeners have found it enjoyable and, and, and interesting to try and do that. And and I hope, and if you have thoughts or feelings that we haven't covered in this episode and and why you respond to the video in the way that you do or how you respond to the video i'd I'd be very interested to hear that because i'm always interested to have this conversation with people but in the end like what does art do if not just make us feel Mm -hmm. and as much as i want to as much as i want to suss out in my own brain why i feel the things that i feel at the end of the day it's a feeling and you feel it and and i'm great and i'm you know that's not the smartest thing i've ever said but it's 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 what I'm grateful that this video gives me. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so I think that wraps that up. And so now we're going to transition into a little funky section called, Hey Keith, so what does Harry have to say about Lights Up? So I think Harry faces a similar struggle, <laughs> which is <laughs> that this is hard to talk about and it's hard to sum up your feelings about it. And so Harry has said, and I quote, for me, it's a very uplifting song. And I think in places it's kind of dark, it's very liberating. 
Um, it's about self-reflection, self-discovery, and just like freedom. It feels very free to me. Things that I've been trying to process and I guess wrestle with a little bit over the last couple of years. It's kind of like just accepting all of those things. It's a very positive song to me. Right. So, so it's about things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think like there's a really, there's, first of all, I find it, I, I think I, I can so empathize after trying to discuss what this video means on a podcast for the past two hours and change. I can so empathize with his struggle to articulate it, especially to the media, because I think the video conveys what it conveys. And then outside of that, you try to explain it to people and you try to talk about it. And it's like, it's a difficult, it's a difficult task. It's a difficult challenge, right? But I think to me, the key part of this quote is like, that I've been trying to process and I guess wrestle with a little bit over the past couple of years. It's kind of like just accepting all of those things. And so there, when we talk about, you know, self-reflection and we talk about freedom and we talk about openness, when we talk about queerness, like what speaks to that more than, than this really uplifting and interesting insight from him? Like, I think I'm so happy to hear that from him as in specific as he was, you know? Mm -hmm. One thing that frustrates me, and I did tweet about this earlier today, but I do think that around this song, like... A lot of people found that it was an invitation to sort of try and push what his boundaries were. And he kind of, I don't know, he, he's still at the end of the day, like one thing, I, I mean, I do admire it about him. One thing, he is still a pretty private person and people, they really didn't just like take things at, at face value. Like they kind of started to bother him. Like, what does it mean? Say it. Like, what what is it about? And like... I, I do have a lot of admiration for him right away, making it clear like, okay, here's a song. You can look at it and see it how you like and listen to it and interpret it in your own ways. And I'm going to say it's about things and you guys can hang out with that. You're welcome. <laughs> there, but yes, and I, and I agree with that. I think it's like, it's interesting because I, I'm so interested in this idea of him performing the song, you know, he performed the song once and he said, do you know who you are? And he said, I do now, which is the audio clip, of course, that ends our podcast. And we'd be remiss to not mention that in this discussion, um, because I think that was so affecting at the time. And it's so emotionally impactful to me to hear him say that in a performance of the song um, and to hear him say it's kind of like accepting all of those things. It's a very positive song to me because there is such pain in this song and this speaks to such a struggle. Like there's this, you know, there's like we've talked about throughout the episode, there's this struggle, there's this pain that's in this song. And so I find it very emotionally impactful that he, that it also, there's this, um, there's this owning, there's this, there's this freedom in the song in the video and that, that he would perform it that way and say this about it. I find very emotionally affecting and impactful and also frustrating. Yeah. That there's this continual push to categorize, to nail down, to pin down when the, I think I'm struggling not to be like, he just wants us to all vibe. Like, can't you just vibe? I'm like, that's like not, <laughs> you know, he just wants us all to vibe, but that's not. Uh, that's the most know, multi say what I say, gender but. attracted shit too. It's like, can we all just like vibe? Vibe. Yeah. So I think overall, I just, I just feel very happy that this is a positive song to him. And that even though there is this pain in the song that, the overall message to him when he talks about it is that it's an uplifting and it's a liberating song because that's what I get from it. And that's why it was so impactful to me, um, that vulnerability, that openness, and that that uplifting nature of the message of the song. Like, I, I, I feel very happy that that's, that that's what he takes from it. Um, yeah, I agree. 
So um, finally to wrap up, we're just going to talk about the follow-up content. So uh, Vincent Haycock's League of Photographs, and then we're going to talk a little bit about impact. Um, so Vincent Haycock has been really trying to let us know that there was director's cut of Lights Up that we're just never going to see. Yeah, that's painful to me. Ow. But, you know... I it's been a long time since we were teased with uh, that so emotionally I've I've, I've accepted it by now. this point. But yeah, so we got this photo of this so we got a few photos of him from behind the scenes but and a lot of them are very beautiful. Like there's this one photo of Harry kind of like laying that looks like maybe it was like similar to the wires shot before on a beach. This just like a just a beautiful photograph. But yeah, but I think the most interesting photo that we got from Vincent Haycock this is, is this Harry's. Yeah, is this photo in the green room setting of multiple Harrys all together in the same shot, all wearing different outfits from the music video and some outfits that weren't in the music video. So, I, you know, we've been talking for so long, I don't necessarily want to have like an in-depth breakdown about like, what could this possibly mean? And like each individual Harry, like what they're all, they all signify, because if anything has emerged from this conversation, it's that like, that's not so much what I think this video is meant to do. There's not like a one-to-one -one direct, I'm trying to convey A, B, and C. But at the same time, like I, there's just, like I just find, like first of all, I love all these outfits. So, um, so there's that. But I just, yeah, I just, I'm so curious as to what, you know, the why, like a longer version of this or a different version of this would be and, and what mm -hmm. that they, they might have added. Like, are there different scenes in different settings that are boxer Harry and ballet Harry and dress yeah. Harry and all this? Like, I just wonder, did they film all those things and then cut it? Or, you know, did they just pop up in this? You know, like, there's just a lot of questions it raises. I'm in mourning. I'm sad. I wish that we had it. But I do think that this is interesting especially if this is the green room because it kind of uh, and I wonder if this is why it was it was cut but it kind of like maybe suggests okay like which Harry am I going to put out there and maybe mm. they wanted to mm. streamline the message a little bit more or I, I don't I can't know what's inside the heads of Vincent Haycock and Harry Styles I'm not sure Vincent Haycock knows what's inside the head of Harry Styles because he wanted to put out his director's cut and was told no <laughs> Yeah, no, I really like what you just said. I think that's a really interesting idea because I think when I look at this, you know, you immediately think self-reflection. You think like different versions of yourself. You think self-discovery. But I think, yeah, that that which of these people is going to go out there, I think is a really interesting idea. Yeah. So uh, Bestie Vincent, if you're out there <laughs> and you want to talk to us more about this uh, and you don't have an NDA on it, Hit us up. <laughs> I'm positive that he does, but I will uh. die to talk to him about it. So, <laughs> yeah, I want this vampire outfit so bad. The one where that's closest to the camera. Where yeah, he's in oh, you would look white. good in that. I want that so bad, but alas. He is six feet tall and looks like an Edwardian vampire already. <laughs> so you can't say that to our podcast listeners because they'll believe you. Um, you should. He is listener, definitely You six should know that tall. that's not the case, but I guess I'll run with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you're but yeah. like you're in conclusion. You're like basically six feet tall. You're like five foot seven. That's so far from six feet it's tall. Way, anyway, it's way less far from six feet tall than me. That's fair. That's fair. I have no qualms with my height, but I am not <laughs> six feet tall. I am not. Um, I am a short king. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can't wait for short kings on tour, aka uh, <laughs> Harry Styles on tour. Um. But so yeah, so in conclusion, I think I broke gray. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
episode. I wait for a second for him to come back. <laughs> That's a long running joke between us. Okay, can can I tell the joke a little? <laughs> no, no, I think it's better to just leave it there. Uh, <laughs> Short Kings on tour. Uh, we're both going to be there. That's all they need to know. All right. In conclusion. Vincent Haycock, uh, I would love this director's cut, and it's painful to me that we don't have it. But at the same time, the music video is like my favorite thing ever, and so it's not like I'm complaining about what we got. Yeah. Into our closing thoughts. Yeah. Uh, so, do you think it was the right way to start the era, or would you have thought of anything else? <laughs> I think what I <laughs> very, very funny to ask that at this point in the podcast, in which my answer is clearly going to be yes. Can you imagine if I was like you're like no no, <laughs> no I I think I think no. in fact that Sunflower Volume Six should have opened the era. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if I was like after everything I just said? Actually, no, I don't think it was the right. No, obviously, I think it was the right thing. I wouldn't have had it any other way. I'm so grateful that it was there to introduce me to him, him as an artist. So it it goes down and like yeah, it's like my favorite thing he's ever done. So clearly, mm. the answer is going to be yes there for me. I think that I would have made one exception. If Canyon Moon had started the era, that would have kind of slapped. You know what I mean? <laughs> it would have slapped, but I wouldn't. I don't think I'd take that alternate reality over this. But I do. It is funny to think about everybody going like everybody would have thought he would have been like a country singer. Not that Canyon <laughs> Moon's like directly country, but I think it would have been interesting yeah. to see the the everybody's reaction to that and the media's reaction to that if that had been the first single. But I'm happy it was like yeah, up. me too. What do you think the long term impact of Lights Up will be? Well, it certainly will live rent free in my brain forever. <laughs> um, I think that yeah, I'm interested to see. Like, I think it's such a perfect opener to the era. So now the bar is set so high. I think uh, I'll see kind of. As Harry continues with these musical eras, I'm so interested to see, like you know, for his next album, what that first single is going to look like, what that rollout's going to look like, mm-hmm. and I think he's kind of his strength is continually surprising everyone. So I, I I can't imagine that that it will mimic this in any sort of way. But I I'm I'm so interested to see, um, yeah, kind of that this in comparison to other openers in 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 the future. Yeah, me too. Also, literally, so this is funny because I have one more thing to say, which is that I can't believe we didn't actually talk about the title of the song, which is "Lights Up." Which, what a what a perfect what a perfect title it and is, especially for the opening. What a it's like yeah, like like everything we've talked about. Like first of all, lights up on a new era, lights up on like as an artistic statement of intent, lights up on this person mm-hmm. that we're gonna be with for this artistic era. That's so cool. Such a perfect song title mm-hmm. to start the era. And also, as we talk about like that opening up of a vulnerability, yeah, like it's just such a perfect title to sum up everything about it. So I just how exciting. And he just said it in all caps all the time. And I just what a what a moment. What a what an intro. Yeah, it's very much a moment. Thomas Edison would have been so proud. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that on Twitter and I don't know who made it, but it, you, whoever you are, you're very funny. Oh yeah, was it like Rip Thomas Edison? He would have loved like yeah, yeah, in that format that everybody's been doing. That's great. Yeah, although I, I love that was listening to a podcast earlier this week that said many unsavory things about Thomas Edison that would lead me to believe that he perhaps would not approve of this music video at all. No. Um, anyway, so with that, now our outro. Uh, Pete, are you looking forward to non-hairy things, books, mov- movies, TV recs, 
one non-hairy thing yeah, so bring you joy in as these I, difficult times? Ooh, he's ready. He's raring. He's hot on the fire. Yes. So as I alluded to in our intro, it, I'm sure I'm not alone in someone who is very much back in the swing of Marvel things, which I've touched on prior in our podcast, but it's really getting dangerous now, uh, as Gray can vouch for for the amount of messages that I sent him that I sometimes regret because I'm like, oh no, I'm becoming that person, but whatever. I love it. And that is a result of me watching The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is a show that I have, I would not say like many things, right? Like many Marvel properties, there are certain things that I have questions about that we shall see how I will feel inevitably about the show once it is ending. But right now I'm enjoying it a lot. It's really got me back in the swing of things. Mm -hmm. And I listen to many, many podcasts about it throughout the week. And I look at a lot of coverage about it. And I just, you know, my brain is just filled with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier right now. So if you do message me about it, I'm sure I will answer you. So listeners, if you are looking for somebody to talk about this show with, let me know because I talk about it all day. And now maybe I'll regret saying that because I probably should talk about it less. Why? That's it's awesome. been going on in my brain of late. It's a great show. I like it a lot. Yeah, um, I, I guess I've been watching Falcon and Winter Soldier 2 um, and really, really enjoying it. I haven't written anything in like so many months, but I have been considering writing Sam Bucky fan fiction. I've been considering if that's the, the uh, what I want to tumble on towards. So that's that's exciting thing that may or may not happen. Let's see. I have been listening to a lot of different music this week. I asked my Twitter if any of you guys listen to my music racks, and most of you said you don't. Four people <laughs> had actual opinions. Two, I think, were that my taste is good. One was that it's okay, and then one <laughs> thinks that my taste is really bad. So there's not like a good... <laughs> There's not like a we have an honest we listener have an honest of the listener podcast, base. which I think is funny. And so thank you to that person, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can't say that on your behalf, but I find that yeah. funny. This week, I'm going to recommend since everybody thinks you know, everybody's not listening anyway. But I will say, if you are listening, uh, earlier this week I was re-listening to Ludo's "You're Awful, I Love You," which is like this album that's a zillion years old. It's like from 2006. But I heard a lot of songs from it, and then I had never listened to the whole thing. And then I listened to it a few times this week, and it's just so good. It's it's like pop punk. It's just just good music. Just good music that I like. Nice. So do you want to take us out of here, Keith? Yeah, sure. So you can contact us at WeBlameHarryStyles at gmail.com. On Twitter and Tumblr, we can be found at HarryStylesPod. You can follow us there. You can let us know if you have any suggestions. Particularly, I'd love if you let us know what you thought of this episode, something we've been wanting to do for a really long time. And like we've talked about at length, it's hard to articulate our, our thoughts on something like this. So let us know what you thought about it. A way to do that also is to rate and review our podcast. Um, we'd so appreciate it if you took us a second and you did that for us. Subscribe to us on your preferred podcast host to become notified of our next episode. Thank you for listening. We love you. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Come on.